love that music because that means that it's another wonderful NFL weekend, and it means two things, boys. Either I am going to party like it's 1999, full-on Prince style because my team won, or I'm going to sit in the corner and cry like a baby because my team (laughs) broke my heart once again. And who do we blame it on? Damn it, we always blame it on the coach or the quarterback or both. And I'm (laughs) – my team – and I think most teams out there, most fans out there have experienced what Big Nick has experienced, experiencing again for yet another NFL season. It's a roller coaster ride of emotions, baby. And <laughs> I don't always like it. But what I do always like is talking NFL with two of my besties. And that's what we're doing here today, big kids. And I know you've been waiting. This is the midway through the NFL season, and I know we're a little bit over that mark, but we have to check back in with each of the big kids because I think much like Ricky from I Love Lucy, we may have some splaining to do. (laughs) Splaining. That's right. If the longtime listeners and regular weekend listeners of the Big Kids Show will know this already, that on September 8th, we released an NFL preview for the 2023 season followed up a few weeks later by a October 8th. So exactly one month later, we're releasing NFL Most Overrated, where we did three questions. Well, today we have similar to that. It's three, maybe four questions, if you will. But it's going to be an update on the NFL and where we stand on our thoughts and feelings on not only our teams, but some of our predictions that we made on the preview show and some of the people that we called out on the overrated show. So our first question that we're going to start off with here today, boys, and who are the boys? Everybody knows Sweetwater Mark and Mr. B. (laughs) Back at you. Another Sunday, another big kid show. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Now, We'll start with you, Mark, for question number one. Question number one Mm. I have for you is what prediction and or overrated do you feel that you got right? So I'm going to do one of each here, guys, because I think I think I have one overrated and I think I have one prediction and I, I think I got them both right. So let's start with the prediction first. So the prediction that I had that I think was probably my most out there one from that original episode was claiming that the Detroit Lions would bring home the NFC Central, boys. Mm -hmm. Nice. And what do we got? We got those Lions roaring at eight and three. They are crushing it. Four and two at home, four and one on the road, two and one in their division, five and two in the conference, three and one out of the conference. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. They're they're winning. Who would have thought Jared Goff, you know, a a guy that led the, uh, the Rams, to a Super Bowl and Sean McVay threw in a dumpster outside of SoFi Stadium um, <laughs> would come into Detroit and and lead these guys to where they are. Um, but I think it's a testament to Dan Campbell. And, you know, I just I remember watching them on Hard Knocks and that guy was so likable. Like I wanted to go run through a wall for that guy. Yep. You know what I mean? And you can, I, I think that permeates through that team and you can tell those guys are are bought in um, at the risk of sounding like a homer. It kind of reminds me a little bit of two years ago with the Bengals when they came out of nowhere and they went to the Super Bowl. Yep. And everybody was like, oh, I don't know. It's the Bengals. I don't know. If it's-. So I, that could be the Lions this year. I, I think they could, they could surprise some people. Um, and then the other one, boys, the overrated. <sighs> 
Big Nick. I hate to say this, but a masseuse's worst nightmare. Deshaun Watson, <laughs> most overrated. Yes, continued to be overrated. A couple good games, a couple injuries. Let's hope he didn't hit the massage table afterwards. But he's got a passer rating of 84.3. That would barely put him above Zach Wilson Oof. on the list, who is at the absolute bottom. Um, oh, what? What? You mean Zach Wilson is not a great quarterback? <laughs> Let me check the notes. Checks notes. No, he is not. <laughs> I don't even think he's a good football player, let a great, let a great He Zach Wilson, at least to me, is one of those guys who just, I think his confidence got completely shattered. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think he's necess- not necessarily a horrible football player, but I feel like with these guys, when they get their confidence shattered, it's so hard to get it back, and the Jets are a train wreck. And I hope Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back and tear his Achilles again. You know, he's whatever eighty some days out from uh, <laughs> from when he tore it, and he's already been cleared off the IR. But uh, but anyway, so those are my two boys. I got Detroit Lions, hear him roar, and Deshaun Watson, hide your masseuses. Well, well picked, buddy. I'll have a little rebuttal here. And I'll oh try boy. to keep it short. So I'm with you on the Detroit Lions. They're fun. They, I would argue that a lot of people all over across this great nation, you don't even have to be from Detroit or from Michigan to have fallen in love with the Lions. They are a fun team to watch. They got fun players. They got a, a very entertaining and a coach that I have a lot of respect for. And I yeah. think his players do as well. Thing is, though, it's, it is a... What have you done for me lately? They lost last week, and the week before, they should have lost to the Bears. Mm. And so I'm getting nervous for the Lions because it looks like what was a really good thing, a train that was going to drive them straight to the playoffs. I still think they're a playoff team, but I worry that the wheels are starting to fall off a little bit. Now, if they can keep that offense high and pumping and putting up points, they'll still continue to beat some teams. Now, Deshaun Watson, I cannot believe that I'm going to do this. <laughs> Don't I you should do probably it. be waterboarded for doing this. Don't you do it. <laughs> I'm Nick. going to go to his defense. Oh, yes. Oh, buddy. I, here's what I want to point out. I object, your honor. <laughs> Overruled. <laughs> One thing, a couple things I can agree on. His stats are gross and disgusting, much like his massage room behavior behavior (laughs) for a third of every game he looks like like football is very difficult uh for him to be he he plays terrible for about a third of every game here's where i come to here's where i come to his defense a little bit there's something going on behind the scenes and in the huddle and within the team itself because they win by far more when he plays than when he's not playing and you would think with his stats being so bad that that him not playing the starting quarterback, not playing wouldn't have that dramatic of an effect on the team. Truth be told last time I checked his starting this year, he's four and one, five and one, five, he's and, five one. and one, yeah. five and one this year. 100%. And then, then yep. on top of it, this is just icing on the cake for big Nick here, who does not like what one of my least favorite, probably my most hated team out there is the Baltimore Ravens. He is, and I know this gets a little confusing when you look at it, because in the last two seasons, we've split with the Ravens, one and one, both seasons. Yeah. The two games that he's started and played against the Ravens, 
were two and out. So the the two that we lost, he did not play in those contests. So yeah. I can't believe that I actually did it. I feel guilty, dirty, and filthy. You I should go take a shower. I should be voted off the <laughs> island for standing up for such an individual. But uh, those well, are my thoughts. Say I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming to take me away. They're coming to take the me research away. Research team. I hear them marching down the hall right now. They're going to pick your chair up and just take it away. Can can I rebut? your rebuttal without touching your rebuttal like Deshaun Watson might try to. So my argument would be, and you're right, it's actually technically four and one because in the indie game that they won 39 to 38, he only threw five passes. So he, right. he was out of the game. So I, technically you're right. It was, it was four and one in three of those four wins. The defense held the other team to zero points, three points, three points. So because you can make the argument the defense. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't want to see him on the massage table next to him. That's why they're All like, right. dude, we got to get this dub. I, I think I think he's shown glimpses. I think when I say overrated, it's not even necessarily being bad. It's I compare it to what he was traded for and what the expectation was oh, for the trade capital. Yes, of course. And, and that in that sense to me. He was expected to be elite, top yeah. five, right? Top I mean, two, probably. Yeah, and he is extremely overrated in that sense. So to your point, Big Nick, you're right. I, I'm not saying he's played terrible because there's some games. His biggest thing is his completion percentage. He's got two games where he's 50%. Actually, th- three of his four, he was in the 50% range of completion percentage. The only other one was, was 63%. His best game was against Tennessee. He went 27 to 33, 289, two touchdowns. That by far was his his best game. Um, but no, and, I, I I think he he's good enough to win with Cleveland's defense because Cleveland's defense is elite. I mean, they they are elite, uh, probably one of the best in the league. But uh, but I just think he's he's under or been overrated based upon what the Browns had to give up to get him and what he's given them back. And you are spot on. I want to make clear that I wasn't oh, defending I against you <laughs> I know. because that's what, yeah, I know. In, well, in the in the vein of what we're discussing, you're exactly right. He's completely overrated for what you're paying him for all every pick that you gave up for him. But one thing that I'm realizing watching him play and and really that's I'm keying in on this year and last year in the NFL is that. I've noticed that if your quarterback can steal two or three first downs with his legs for you, that to me, I feel like mm-hmm. that's the deciding factor in, in 60% True. of the games that I'm watching. If you mm-hmm. can get an extra two or three first downs because the teams are so evenly matched, that, that that's the big difference. And that's the only thing that I really see him doing differently other than less you know, turning the ball over a little less than the other backups, but yeah, 100%. Good picks there, Mark. Good, good answer there, Mark. All right, Mr. B, what prediction and or overrated do you feel that the big B got right? So unfortunately, a lot of my predictions were wrong. (laughs) So, but one of the overrated, yeah, I can admit that. But the overrated, I think I got spot on was uh, when we talked about overrated head coach, I went with Josh McDaniels. Nailed it. Like you said, we recorded that uh, October 8th. 
He was fired October 31st. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, did you go talk to Mark Davis? Yeah. I mean, Mr. B was giving him the bowl cut, and he's like, like "Listen, Mark." Let, three <laughs> three weeks later, after we recorded that, he was fired. So I th- I feel like I nailed that overrated on right really on the did. head. You really did. I mean, that's yeah. impressive to be that accurate. Like, not only did you predict it, but like he literally, they were like, "We agree with Mr. B. You got to yeah. go, man." <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, you, most of the NFL listens to our podcast, and they're like, they "Hey, do. this Mr. Yeah. B guy, he's look at the brain on this fella." Look at the brain Mark on Davis brain. loves the big kids, right? right? He loves he, it. He, emails me regularly he's like how can i get on the show i'm like Almost mark i think you got enough things to worry yeah. about it's, a, it's an invite only for this show we've, I mean, only, we've already got one mark mark just relax <laughs> so yeah so I, i'm going with that one that's an easy one because again most of my predictions not good so We'll just go with Josh McDaniels. Hey, I feel like I nailed it. That, man. That, that is almost worth two picks right there. So maybe three. Well done. Thank you, sir. Big Nick, let's hear funny? yours, buddy. Oh, Wouldn't it be funny if we figured out that Mark Davis owned like 17 Great Clips locations? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know how you look in the mirror and you're like, nailed it. <laughs> I, yeah. but well, or people around him, he's probably like, they're like, how's my hair looking? They're like, uh, good. Good, looks Mark. Real, looks real looks good. Great. Hey, don't change anything. No, nothing. <laughs> we shouldn't pick. I shouldn't pick on him. And I feel bad because I feel like, you know, there's some people, and myself included on some days where it's just like, there's not going to be a good haircut ever for this individual, right? It's just like something about the head and the hair and the shape and everything where everything's positioned. Oh, it's just never going to work but, out. But like, again, we're talking about a multimillionaire. So like, I mean, he probably gets his haircut like in his house by a specific dude. And that guy's like, you know what? Nailed your haircut again. Got it. <laughs> This is a one of a kind bowl cut, right? <laughs> like literally, I just imagine him putting a soup bowl on his head and being like, I "No mean, soup unless, for you." Unless he's just going for like, "Hey, give me the dumbest haircut you got," and you're like, "Here it is." He's doing his own haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's that's why he's a millionaire. He cuts his own hair. He's saving thirty bucks a week. Man, maybe I maybe I'm doing things wrong. Well, I, and I, I tell you, shout out to Mark Davis because I have the most I have the utmost respect for his father. His father did everything Word. at every level on the NFL. Just I win, do, baby. I think that Mark Davis is is a good owner. I think he's a big uh he loves the fans, which is which I can't say about every owner. I think it's clear oh. that he loves the fans. And yeah. I've been to that stadium, Allegiant Stadium. If you want a life-changing experience, go there and have a blast. I think for the hair situation for Mark Davis, he should go on full-on Raiders fan mode, right? And just mohawk the baby and then paint it black on the sides or no silver on the sides mohawk Ooh, black right so he, he would be like, like the ultimate raider fan i like that okay what prediction or overrated do i feel that i got right big nick is going to i'm going to follow mr b's great lead my overrated for coach i picked frank reich and we sit here yep. and he's been fired as well <laughs> that was was that last week yeah, he's there we are, boys. feels like just days ago. But I'll tell you what, I, I do think that that owner, Tepper, is that his name? Tepper, the owner of the the Carolina Panthers. I do feel like he's a loose cannon and he's a hot-tempered dude. And I feel mm-hmm. like he's – look, it's not smart to he, – he brought in 
Matt Rule. He gave Matt Rule a 10-year contract. Yikes, that's a long one. <laughs> Fired him after three years. So he's paying Matt Rule for another seven years. Then on top of that, he brings in Frank Reich. Three-year, was it a three-year contract, I believe? Maybe a five-year contract. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up, but fires him before the end of one season. So he's on the hook for many millions to a couple guys that won't even be in the building. And I, when I said that I think that Frank Reich is overrated, I don't. I didn't mean that I don't think he's a, a, a decent coach or a decent guy. What I meant is, I, I, every time he's hired, I'm told by the talking heads that he's going to do all these amazing things that only Frank Reich can do. And he gets there, and it's, it's vanilla, it's milk toast, baby. And 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 I, he's not changing anything. He's not. He's not creating any greatness where he goes. And I think he's one of these dudes that's probably really good at, at being a specialist, right? Maybe a quarterback coach or offensive coordinator or something of that, whatever his specialty is, let's stay in that lane, bro, and stay out of the head coaching lane. And I really thought that, that while I didn't think that Frank Reich would have great success in Carolina, and that's in part why I picked him, but I thought he would get at least two years to try. And it feels a little trigger happy and a little, a little hazardous to be running the team that way. But I guess when you're a billionaire, you can you can afford to make those mistakes. Well, and I don't know if you guys heard the press conference with him. I think it was this week where <laughs> he was like, "Well, we were gonna trade the two because we thought uh, Houston was gonna take Bryce." But then we just decided to go to one. We decided to take like, dude, what what are you saying, man? Like, right. you're you're talking too much. You have to run other companies to own an NFL team. How are you doing that <laughs> with with what you're doing? And I think Frank Reich, again, watching Hard Knocks, seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, like a really nice guy who probably isn't a head coach. I I think Nick, you nailed it. I think offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, that's his wheelhouse. But uh, yeah, it's a shame that that one was actually a little sad for Frank Reich. I mean, to get less than a year. I I um, get that because he's a good guy. But here's where I remind myself not to feel sad for a guy that's going to get millions of dollars to stay (laughs) at home. Like if you want to, dude, you could do no work for the next several years and still make several millions of dollars a year. So I let me borrow any money. Probably not. I say live it up. If I were a head coach that were fired from the NFL and I got millions coming into me for the next three and a half years, four years, maybe he's got four and a half years left on that contract millions. And here's the other thing. This is not something we need to dive too deep into, but how come when a coach gets fired, they get to still get all their money. But when the players get fired, they get nothing. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That seems very unfair. But a little weird. If I if I were fired from an NFL team, and this is why I'm going to turn in my resume for that head coach of the Carolina job, because I'm sure I could mess it up badly and they could fire me. I will collect the millions for the next four years afterwards. I'll just go to like BW3s and commentate about football <laughs> for, for beer and wings pay uh, for the next four years. You can come and see yours truly, uh, NFL expert, Big Nick. That's hilarious. Question number two here, boys. Start with you again, Mark. Any prediction and or overrated that you got wrong that you would like to address? And also, 
if you got it really wrong, you probably should offer some kind of an apology. So I had a couple guys that I had overrated. Um, and actually the other two that I had is overrated. Um, I think I probably owe them both a little bit of an apology. One probably more than the other, but, um, Chase Young. Well, let's start, let's start with the one. So Chase Young's one. Jadavian Clowney is the other with the, with the Ravens. who's having an okay year. Um, but Chase Young, probably more so, um, He's, he's having a little bit of a comeback here. You know, he's he's starting to kind of find his way back into a bit of a groove. He's got six and a half sacks um, this year so far, and he got traded to San Francisco, which if a team that is a Super Bowl favorite trades for you, then you're doing something right. Um, so, which it, I'm actually happy about because I actually like Chase Young. He came out right after or was drafted right after Burrow. Yes. And um, he was a beast the first, I mean, Ohio State Buckeye, he was a beast the first year with Washington. And then obviously injuries were really kind of his his downfall. Um, I don't even know if it was as much performance as it was injury. But, um, but I'm happy to see him bounce back. So Chase Young, my sincerest apologies to you, sir. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, you don't get an apology because you play for the Ravens, but uh, good year anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all of our Baltimore listeners. I love you guys. <laughs> Mr. B, same question. Don't be afraid to apologize and beg for forgiveness, sir. Yeah, so one of my predictions was obviously for the Cincinnati Bengals to be, you know, Super Bowl bound, and I was way off on that one. Yeah, actually, I, I probably should have bet that too. I mean, like, honestly, even if you would have bet me that the Bengals would be at the bottom of their division at this time of the season, I would have bet you – an obscene amount of money. So way off on that. And then obviously Mr. B's house. Yeah. I would, (laughs) I would have lost it twice. Um, And then also in our uh, predictions, I had Joe Burrow as MVP of the league. Um, Mm -hmm. Even Sands injury. He just was not playing. Of course he got injured after we recorded that with his uh, leg injury and all that stuff. But yeah, it was, Cincinnati Bengals, obviously a homer pick for me. I was all in, got that way wrong, and makes two I mean, of us, buddy. Yeah, now we're. I don't even, even the chance of us even making the playoffs is like shame, super shame. super long shot. So. Shame, shame, yeah. shame. <laughs> I'm yeah. shaming myself and you, Mister B. Apologize, time. fans, for uh, going so hard on the Cincinnati Bengals. Hope you hope hope you didn't make any bets on on my uh, my words. The roar is not as loud as it was uh, the last two years. That's for sure. And I know they didn't start strong, but a lot of that had to do with Joe Burrow's injury. And then, of course, the situation that you're in now has everything to do with his injury. And that's that's what's so deflating as as a true... I mean, the three of us are very hardcore about our teams. And it's like when your quarter, your starting quarterback goes down, yeah, it's pretty much like, all right, pack up, (laughs) pack up everything. Nothing to see here. Everybody go home. Like it's, it doesn't, it feel like shit. Yeah, it does. Well, lucky to go 500, but that's where I guess I get a little frustrated of, I mean, I thought the team as a whole was good. So you're telling, you're telling me Joe Burrow's the only thing keeping this thing together. Like, um, I mean, I I just get frustrated. Yeah. I get frustrated with that of, all right, an injured Joe Burrow. Is he better than a healthy backup quarterback? You should have prepared accordingly. And also, I mean, there's still 10 other guys on the offense, and then there's 11 guys on defense. So, you know, even a banged up Joe Burrow, I thought they were going to still come out and be competitive. And 
not even yeah. close. I mean, so it's just I don't think the team was as good as everyone thought. I mean, they were always a top three pick before the season started, and they clearly didn't have that as a team. So, so yeah. do you guys think that there'll be a shift, with, especially with these teams that feel the expectation of making the playoffs, the teams that think that they are worthy or on the cusp of, of going to the Super Bowl? Do you think that we're going to see a shift in these NFL teams where they're going, you know what, we're willing to pay up for a good backup quarterback. We've seen it with one or two teams in the past, but I feel like nowadays a lot of teams are like, you know what, we'll take the guy that we drafted in the fourth or fifth round who is a total mystery to us and everybody else if he's a legit quarterback or not, and he's going to be our backup, and now we're just going to hope and pray that we never have to use him. And I, I think and I hope that we see a shift where we're like, no, teams are starting to put actual good backups in the in the in the stable there because here's what I would have loved to see and, and I don't know I know we talked about this off mic I would have loved and I know that that Dalton is expensive but I feel like they're like let's spend all the salary cap on the starters and all the backups can just be complete scabs <laughs> the you know because quarterback's not a position that you're rotating in and out of unlike offensive line or defensive line yeah but I would have loved to have seen a phone call to, to Andy Dalton that says, look, man, you are like a hometown hero here. Everybody loves you. Why don't you come up here, play behind this kid that that all of America has fallen in love with? We want to see you retire from here when that time comes and you be the ultimate backup. And if we have to call upon you, the Red Rifle comes in, saves the day and continues to be the hometown hero. It would be the best, a great sports story. And uh, look, Andy Dalton very likely doesn't have to pay for a steak or a glass of bourbon in any fine establishment in Cincinnati as it is. But guess what? You come back, baby, and you help this team a little bit more. We'll throw mm. in some free cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> Red rifle. Yes. No, I, I'm sure that was a salary cap thing. And so that's hence why you see most teams backup quarterback is not a name. I mean, yeah. it's just, you, you can't pay your backup quarterback $8 million. It's just, well, and it, it just goes to show how difficult the position is. I mean, obviously, context is everything. And it's so funny when you hear people even talk about Zach Wilson. Like, that guy sucks. That dude would come into your town and dominate every single person who ever attempted to play football in their yeah. life. Yes. He could be yeah. like, I'm going to play wide receiver and I'm going to destroy you. Yep. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's just a really difficult position to play. And it's it's hard to find a lot of guys that can be. I mean, look at like the um, who's the guy that played with Houston for a while, uh, Chase um, Chase McDaniel. It's they just career backups, and they're making a killing. Yeah, like just sitting on best the bench, job, best job in the world, holding yep. the clipboard. You know what I mean? Keeping your hands warm. That's all you got to do. Well, my apology, boys, goes out to the Colts. I not only did I, my yeah. prediction was that they would be the worst team in the NFL. Um, <laughs> look, I underestimated the the new coach that came in. I think he's doing a fantastic job. I under, I thought that they overdrafted the quarterback, Richardson, the young kid. He, a lot of people while, did. While he's not been on the field a whole lot, he's been he's been spectacular while on the field, and. The, the team is playing up. They're coached up. 
I really thought too that Jim Irsay was going to really mess things up between him and Jonathan Taylor. And that 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 Taylor would just be gone and he was one of their best offensive weapons. So this somehow worked itself out. And while they are in contention, they feel to me like they're going to finish probably somewhere in the eight wins to nine win category. Maybe nine wins gets them a seventh seed in the playoffs. Mm. Uh, it, it's it's going to be difficult, but they're surprising me in a good way. And, and they're very competitive each week. Start with playing a backup quarterback. We just talked so much about backup quarterback. Gardner Minshew's been out there for the most part. That this is a team that decided to pay a, a few extra bucks for a backup quarterback, and they're they're squeaking out some wins here. Yeah, I mean Gardner Minshew. Eh, <laughs> I mean he's okay. You know he he has some good games, and then he has some bad games. And I think um, the reality is it's. They had a good quarterback with their rookie, and he turned some heads, right? Yep. But he got hurt, and they got in the same situation. Um, and I think when you get into that situation, when you lose that starting quarterback, again, I mean, Gardner Minshew is probably one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. And even he is trying to, you know, pull that team along. Um, but it's just, it's tough. So I, I, but, Indy was a little bit of an enigma, so I can't really blame you for that one, Nick. They, no, I don't think anybody really knew completely what to expect, and you never really do when a rookie quarterback comes in. Yeah, you, right? you never know how they're going to kind of perform with, yeah. you know, you got uh, 280-pound guys that are faster than anybody running at you at full speed. So, mm-hmm. Well, it was rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, and an erratic owner. It was like kind of like, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's going to happen here? Ooh. Thumbs up all around from the well, big Well, and like show. you said, I mean, the whole thing with Jonathan Taylor, that was weird. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Moving right along here, boys. Mark, here's a great question. Biggest surprise of the season to you, Mr. Sweetwater Mark. So this has been a weird NFL season overall, I feel like. I agree. Um just a very odd, odd season. Um, I've already talked about the Detroit Lions. They weren't really a surprise for me, so I can't really, I can't really mention them. But I think the team, in watching and seeing how they played, it has to be the Houston Texans and CJ Stroud. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah. I think I think they really the game. Obviously, they played the Bengals, which I watched. Um, but I walked away really impressed. And I'd seen highlights leading up to I mean, up until that game, I think he only had one interception or two interceptions the whole year for a rookie quarterback. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that these guys are able to come in year one, there's no more that like you sit for a year and learn and get your feet wet and get a chance to figure it out. And this is what the NFL is like. And this is what the speed looks like. No. Like buckle your helmet on, man. You're going out, and let's hope, <laughs> let's hope you come out alive. And C.J. Stroud's really taking advantage of his opportunity. It's baptism by fire yes. these days in the NFL if you are a quarterback, because I think they want to know if they got something or not. Yeah, and and how no do we to need to move on or adjust to that? But yeah, mm-hmm. Houston Texans, great pick. Yeah, well, and kind of to piggyback that, like historically, Ohio State quarterbacks have not done well in the NFL. Yeah. And so I kind of just thought it was going to be the same thing. And 
he's been a, a, a pleasant surprise just just the way he's adapted to the NFL and the speed of the game and yeah. and also also playing for a team that everyone I think thought was going to be dead last. Oh, absolutely. I, I, mean, I, I thought mean, they'd maybe win two or three games. Yeah. You know, I mean, and they're six and five. So you, you got to give them credit. I I think they're going to if you're looking for my bold prediction of this episode, boys, I think they're going to sneak in the playoffs. I really do. I like it. I like it. I think they're going to sneak in. And I think I think it's not just C.J. Stroud. I think their defense has played really well. And I think they got some rookie receivers and some young receivers that have played really, Tank really Dell well. Dell is playing great. Yeah. And Nico what? Collins. They got some guys, man. I mean, they got some talent. So good for you, you Houston. I mean, they, they really they, they got something there, I think. Well, and that's what I wanted to hit on, too, with Houston. It's like it goes back to what we said earlier about the the stealing two or three first downs with your feet right from the quarterback. I was worried about Stroud at this level because at Ohio State, he never tucked the ball and ran. And I always had I was like, you know what? He's I love the way the kid threw the ball. I love the way that he could read the field. I love the the way that he was able to be the general of the offense, so to speak. But what I was curious about at Ohio State, I'm like, is he soft? Does he just not want to get hit? Does, is that why he yeah. never, ever tucks the run, tucks and runs, even when there's nobody open? I'm starting to think that might be a Ryan Day thing. I'm starting to think that that quarterback told him, the coach told quarterback, don't ever run the ball. Could be. And he, so I don't know how much he's running it in Houston, but shout out to their, their scouting team. They yeah. hit on the they take two first round picks so they they get lucky in that regard but yep. they hit it's a it's usually like a 50-50 crapshoot to hit on one first rounder they hit on both first rounders which which added a a playmaker at quarterback to the offense playmaker defensive line on the defense and then later mm-hmm. hit on Tank Dell the receiver so kudos yep. to the scouting team over in Houston and when they wear those red helmets Oh like man, those are, red, those, those, are cool. those are cool. Those are cool. It's like that dark cherry. That's like the uh, there was a uh, a new Tesla model that came out, and I remember seeing it, and it was like this really dark cherry, and I was like, man, that's a that's mm. an interesting take on a red. Like it's not just red, you know what I mean? It's it's got like a little little something to it. That Houston one is sharp, man. Very it's it's sharp. real sharp. Yep, definitely. Mister B, big surprise time, buddy. What's the biggest gotcha. surprise for B? So, I, again, like Mark said, there was a lot of big surprises in my opinion. I think I have a few real quick ones here. Um, I don't think anyone would predicted that uh, Sam Howe would be the passing yards leader in the NFL. Sam Howe. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have guessed it? And yeah, the most and, sacked guy in the Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and, and a close number two is our, your C.J. Stroud, who you just brought up. So, yeah. again, I don't think anyone would have predicted that. Um, also, I did not think that the Chargers would be four and seven at this time in the year. Yeah. I had them predicted to do really well. Um, and so that's just unfortunate. And then kind of a quick one also is – uh, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. leading the league mm-hmm. in his passer rating with a hundred and twelve point three. Good old so Brock. The guy, the guy that came in the last pick of the was it two years ago, and he's looking like he's kicking ass. So yeah. I hope he goes out there and gets paid next year because a couple stats they would show out there like that like, he was like one of the lowest paid players like on the field. <laughs> Wow. I mean, he's a starting quarterback, and he's like, he, yeah, he's like, he's like, can somebody, uh, can I get some lunch money? Hi, guys. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't even think he's making a million dollars a year, 
And so, like, that's just crazy as a starting quarterback. So I hope they, he gets some money next year or two because he's well-deserved with the way he's playing. They were like, rookie, pick up the, the restaurant check. And he's like, yeah. but I need gas to put in my car. Yeah. <laughs> I, got this, I got this 94 Civic, man. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a station a, wagon from 1987. It's a really curious state of affairs when you're starting quarterback, who started this many games, by the way, is – at the facility, stuffing candy and food into his pockets so he has something to eat when he gets home. Yeah, Brock Purdy's stealing the toilet paper and all the paper clips. There's no lid on that yogurt. I don't care. So, yeah, so there, and I could keep going. There's so many uh, just surprises, but those are the big three ones that I want to point out. All right, big surprises for Big Nick. I will do three, but real quick, rapid fire style. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers, Houston Texans, and the Colts. So the Colts and the Houston Texans for all the reasons we've already stated. But Aaron Rodgers, do I expect every quarterback, starting quarterback, to play every game? No. Right? You got to be realistic. And tell you what, most teams playing 17-game season, I expect my starting quarterback, even if he's tough as nails, you're probably only going to get 15 full games out of him to begin with. That's, That's probably fair. Mind blowing that this guy three snaps right Th- three <laughs> plays into the season it was like and 50, he's out. fifteen minutes into the season or something it was <laughs> I was so shocked that brutal. in one of our fantasy leagues I drafted Garrett Wilson in the f- late first round because I thought oh Rogers is just going to target him all day and night long yep. and 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 to me in fantasy football you're looking for the person that's most likely to touch the ball the most maybe not the best football player exactly oh i i did the same thing in one of my other leagues i picked garrett uh wilson quite high with the assumption that he is going to get tons of throws from our man aaron Rodgers. well and a quick interesting uh tidbit so when that happened i'd been watching the um Hard Knocks. The Jets were on the Hard Knocks this year, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm watching Hard Knocks, and I still had one episode left when the first game happened. So he gets injured, and I'm like, well, I still want to go back and finish the last episode. And it was very eerie, man, to, like, watch a guy talk, like, talk about the season and, like, you know, he's confident and he, you, you can tell he's all happy and like juiced up. It's, it was eerie to watch that after he had already torn his Achilles yeah. like a day before yeah. and being like, oh, man, that's one of those weird hindsight 2020 type of things. So, yeah. yeah and, and I think I can speak for all three of us. We don't want any player to ever get hurt. No. So it's no, just no. It's, it's bad for the sport. It's bad for the person. No one. Nope. We don't want anyone to get injured. Yeah, well, I mean, and here's the thing, not? and I won't stay on this too long, but one thing that's really disappointing is we've the NFL has put all of these penalties and punishments into place to protect the quarterback, right? Agreed. And these questionable late hits or the guy landed a, f- a funny way or put all of his weight on the quarterback, that to me is destroying the game. It's just destroying the entertainment level of the game. And guess what? I agree. These quarterbacks, while they're still getting injured, they're not getting injured from late hits or unnecessary mm-hmm. roughness from defensive linemen. They're getting injured from from perfectly legal plays of Achilles or it's a violent yeah, game. Or I smacked my hand on some dude's helmet when I threw the ball. Now my yep. thumb is broken. It's so you've put these you've put these penalties into play that I think is disruptive to the game, to the viewership. 
and they're not doing what they're put in place for. So, that, but that's a whole other argument for a whole different. No, thing. I would and, agree. And, and Big Nick, I'd be curious to look at. Like, I mean, this to me again, just it feels like the most starting quarterbacks that, that are already out for the season that I can remember in the longest time. Yeah. I mean, like, was it like seven or eight starting quarterbacks are out for the season? And again, maybe that's happened a lot, but it, it really sticks in my brain of like, there's been so many that have sustained injuries and most of them not tackle related. You know, it was just like, it wasn't like a penalty. It was just, he fell weird. It was the turf or something. And fantasy football sucks because it doesn't matter who you draft. Everybody's <laughs> injured. The entire league is injured. Yep. So, but Never all fails. right. We got a little bit of time left here, boys. So as said, I wanted to throw in a fourth question. If we have time, looks like we do. Fourth and final question today, Sweetwater Mark. What team should tank? We're looking <laughs> at it, right? We're, we're more than halfway through the season. It's, is there a team that should tank in your opinion? Cincinnati Bengals should tank. What's the point? <laughs> we're not going to make the plat. No, they, they should tank, but that's not my number one choice. My number one choice is the Chicago Bears. Yep. And here's the reason. They've got the number one overall pick from the Carolina Panthers. So if they tank, then guess what? I think they're at four right now with their own pick and number one with the Panthers pick. Yep. Can you imagine coming to the draft in April and the Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears up for the number one, number one pick overall, make their selection. The crowd goes wild. The Chicago Bears up for the number two selection overall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that? Like, I, that trade is it's just going to look like gold um, if that's the case. So I'm going Chicago Bears. Good pick. Well, and didn't they pick up Montez Sweat from the yep. the um, football team? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Whatever we're calling them, the, the commanders? The, the Washington commanders. commanders. Yep. Yeah, they, so they pick him up. So it, that helps your defense a little bit. And yeah, they, they traded down. So that Carolina could trade up to take Bryce Young yep. to get that second pick this year. And I'll do a little spoiler alert before we get to Mr. B. The Bears were my pick, too, just for the this, <laughs> the purpose of everything you said. They have two first-round picks already. Yeah. I think, and I know that there's a lot to argue and bicker about here, but I think that Justin Fields is a legit starting quarterback in the NFL. And I think that if you tailored – if what I don't see them doing is tailoring their offense to him. And regardless of your style of quarterback, whether he's a pocket passer or a guy that runs the ball or, or, or fields who I think is a power passer when he needs to be, he likes that downfield stuff. He wants big bodies to throw to, and he can tear teams up with his legs Tailor your offense around that dude and start winning some games. And I think that next year, if you tank, you're exactly right. Get two high first round picks. You're probably going to have the number one. You could have another top five pick. You could even mm-hmm. trade back and get you end up with three first round picks next year or more, more valuable, more valuable uh, uh, things going forward for the following draft if you need yeah, to. 100%. Mr. B, we're going to end on you, buddy, because I jumped you there. Well, we've been hanging out too long because I had, and again, I don't want any team to tank, but I had the Chicago Bears and the Cincinnati Bengals. (laughs) And again, I don't want to see a team tank. I want them to play hard all the time. But it's one of those things of like, 
you know, we're busting our ass to end up eight and eight. And it's just like, you know, that's the unfortunate thing with the NFL is draft picks then become a very prime thing. Having a top 10 draft pick is huge yep. uh, going into the next season. And so I'm with you with the Bears. It's like, hey, I don't think you guys are going to make the playoffs. Get those picks. Uh, mm-hmm. Sad for the fans because then you, good luck selling tickets when you're like, oh, we're going to put out all our third string guys and bring in the water boy. And yeah, yeah. but just like you guys said, it's I don't want any team to tank. But if I had to pick. I'm going with the the Bears. Bengals a close second. Well, nice. and <laughs> we hope everybody out there in listener land had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we hope you're getting all pumped up for the holidays, whatever holiday it is that you celebrate. Um, and here's the deal. We do our very best here at the Big Kids Show to give you a new, fresh, and wonderful show every Sunday. So if you are listening to this one this Sunday, we hope if it's before your team before you sit down to watch your team. We hope that you get a win today. If you're listening to it after the fact, we hope that you're listening to us in celebration of your team winning. And if you're listening to us because you're trying to get over the hurt and the pain of your team losing today, we hope that we helped you along the way with that and rejoice. Tomorrow's a new day. And next week is a new week of NFL football and a new week of the big kids show. We'll see you next Sunday. Take care. Cheers. So get ready. I mean, get ready. Are you ready for some football? A Monday night party. We got Frank and Al and Dan. They're going to get it kick-started. Lynn and the crew's all set. The crowd is psyched. Because all my ratty friends are back for Monday night.